This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome! This week, our contestants will be facing off about the topic Coilo's Stylus. And Amy Briggs. This is Learn a Little, a stupid podcast for smart people with David Andrew Laws and Liz McMonagall. Guess who's back, 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 back again? Who? We are back, back. Back to your friends. But Liz, you're my only friend. That's true. Liz, <laughs> you're my only friend. <laughs> we're back. We are back. And I'm not even positive that you really exist. You could be a figment of my imagination. I think I am. How does it feel? I mean, it feels like... Lonely, I would assume. Feels like the first time. <laughs> All right, you need it to... It feels like... <laughs> you're a regular jukebox first today. First time I am. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is David. I'm Liz. This is a Learn a Little. It's a stupid podcast for smart people. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on the stupid today. We're feeling a little giggly. Giggly McGee over here. But it's going to be good. I'm, well, it's going to be something. I'm frustrated. <laughs> why, David? Tell me why. I feel like I always get stupid stuff, and you always get the coolest people to I'm tell sorry. me about. I'm sorry. They find their way to me. They speak to me through the wicked, 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 wow, wicked, wicked, wow, Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but first, before, so here's what happens. In case you're new to the podcast, Liz and I go to wikipedia.org, our favorite website in the whole dang world, and we uh-huh. click on random article. We get a random Wikipedia article and we teach the other person about it. Then we give each other a little quiz at the end to see who wears the crown of schmat. And this week, the crown of schmat is brought to you by my big head. <laughs> you big, big noggin. My big dog has got a crown of schmat on it because I won last week when we were talking about Thomas O'Keefe. Yes, we were. I knew everything about Thomas O'Keefe. That's my you, boy. Uh, you learned a lot about <laughs> Thomas O'Keefe. But before we dive into the episode proper, we've got a little segment here that we haven't seen in a little bit, but we're going to see it now called Corrections and Apologies. Correct. Corrections and apologies. Corrections and apologies. Uh, I think that's that how good. it goes. That was good. And this is a se- it's hard. We're going to try to start doing this segment more because it's, imp- well, actually, I mean, <laughs> we're going to try to start doing it less. We're going to try to stop making mistakes. <laughs> well, but we're human. We're only human. But this is one. So this we're recording episode eight, and this is a correction and apology from episode four. So if you haven't listened to that one, harken on back. Harken on back to our episode about Lorraine and Al Lacone. Al Lacone. We love the patron saint of this podcast, Al Lacone, <laughs> who first of all I have since looked up some pictures of Al Lacone. Um, looked specifically at his commemorative stamp from 1920 uh, or 30. Uh oh, he was on a commemorative stamp <laughs> <laughs> from the year of his commemorative stamp. He was in the Olympics in 1924. I think the stamp was from 1932, but I could be wrong. But either way, 
What a, here goes another correction and apology. Add it to a, the list. What a dreamboat. <laughs> That's not the apology. I have nothing to apologize about the fact that Alaconi is a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. What I do need to apologize for is you were talking about Morris <laughs> Town. I thought you were just going to be like, I do have an apology about you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry just for Liz. Me in general. No, okay, you I was were talking, talking about Morristown, yeah, New Jersey. M O O R E S T O N. That's Morristown. What did I say? Not. We got into a whole thing about Morristown, which is M O R R I S T O W N. That's where Megan grew up near. Is Morristown is about twenty minutes outside. Morristown is further south, uh, about an hour and a half away. Was she pissed at you? No, no, no. Did she didn't. She didn't know. I looked it up while I was editing because I was like, "Wait, is that right?" I was listening to us go back and forth and ah. like a couple of geese in a slingshot <laughs> and a gaggle. Geese and, and a gaggle. Yeah, and I had to look it up. I had to really, really, honestly, at this point in the process, the corrections and apologies are to myself from mm. myself cuz mm-hmm. I just want them to be right. The other thing is we couldn't we I said I said the wrong number of feet in a mile. A mile is 5280 feet. And I What'd know that. Say? I said like 1580 or something cuz I was like cuz we were talking so fast about why they were running 220 yards. We didn't understand. I still don't understand. I don't get it. That's a very funny episode. Well, made me made me laugh. I hope it made you all laugh. As much as it makes David and I laugh. I've also only edited half of it, so there might be some... I, we may have made some mistakes about Lorraine. Hmm, probably. But, but who knows? Most definitely. Only future me. Hmm. That's enough of that. Let's what get to the episode itself. <laughs> Lost in thought. I was just thinking about Alicone and what a <laughs> sweetheart he is. A sweet little bumble of joy. But I'm going to go first. I'm going to teach you about this thing this week. Okay, can't wait. I'm going to teach you about it. So it's called, this is, I get the stupidest one. No, it's not stupid. It's, it's just It's not different. stupid. It's cool. It is cool. Tell Co- me about it. Coilo stylus. What? <laughs> no, that sounds dirty, David. My entry this week is coilo stylus. <laughs> Liz, do you have any guess about what coilo stylus is? Give me an area. Give me a, a general thought process. Oh, David. Coilostylus. Mm-hmm. A stylus, I know, is another word for like a pen. Okay. And coilo sounds dirty. Does it? A coilostylus? Oh, like coitus? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, David. You Honestly, I don't know what the Latin is, so you might be close to right, but you're also close to wrong. Coilostylus. Okay. Is a genus of orchids. How do you keep getting plants? How do I keep getting the scientific <laughs> name for plants? I am convinced at this point that Wikipedia is 90% scientific name for plants and, and gold Olympians. medal Olympians. <laughs> a coilostylus. Okay, it's an orchid? It's a genus of orchids. I don't know what that means. What's the difference? You know what a genus is? No. You know what the- Just ta- like a family? You know what taxonomy is? Mm. You know how uh, plants and animals get funny names Yep. in Latin. I do know that. So they get those names in this order. Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Are you looking this up? No, that how one I know off my head. How do you just know that? Because I'm shma- It's the crown. <laughs> it's the crown. It's whoa, making whoa, you smarter. Yeah, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Who are you? 
You can make up a mnemonic if you want, like King Philip only. No. I don't know. <laughs> Those never worked for me. Did they work for you? <laughs> Obviously not, because I couldn't even make up one for the <laughs> words that I know. <laughs> no, so kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. We are in genus. So we are in okay. not the lowest order of taxonomy, but the one right above it. Right. So like Homo sapien uh, for humans. Homo is the genus and uh, sapien is the species. You know how this is, you continually remind me of how schmott you actually are, <laughs> where I'm just faking it. I am faking my way through. So I'm glad that one of us can legitimately. <laughs> well, I didn't have a lot to go with one. this week because I had Coilostylus as a genus of orchids. I know. So now you're like pluming your feathers. You're like, yeah, fluff, 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 fluff. fluff. <laughs> Yeah, okay, what fluff. is it called? Orthostylus. Coilostylus. Coilostylus. I will thank ortho- you to remember. What's an orthostylus? It she was sounds nice. It was split off from the super genus Epidendrum. Okay. In 2004. So in 2004, someone was like, you know what? A coilostylus isn't an epidendrum. Let's kick it on out of here. That was exactly what happened. It, it was like, it wasn't, I don't know if it was, it's not a, but it was like. Sure. This super genus of epidendrum has, or epidendrum has so many genuses in it. Let's just get get, get out. Get, go, be, go be another thing. So many genies in here. So it split off in 2004. Now here's a bunch of stuff that doesn't link out. Okay. So your guess is as good as mine. Okay. Horticulturally speaking. Sure. It, it always is. <laughs> <laughs> this genus features pseudobulbs. Oh. Large... <laughs> Don't giggle at pseudobulbs. Okay, I'm sorry, but all of this like sounds like a doctor's visit to me. I'm like, should we get that checked? Then Your I won't be able to say large bracts around the flowers <laughs> and flowers that are typically resupinate. Resup- resupinate. With the trilobate lip adnate to the column and having a long, thin midlobe. Now you're just making up words. <laughs> I wish I were. <laughs> the only one of these words that links out is resupinate, which I say that way. I would say, my gut would be to say resupinate, but I. Uh, but you it, listen to the audio. No, there's oh. no audio. So it uh, it means bent back with the face upward or on the back. Um, it is like supine. Think supine is resupinate. Supine like you're laying on your back. You've never heard of like semi-supine? You've never heard that phrase, being oh, an I've, actor? Oh, I've heard of it, David. All right, all right. <laughs> I know, pseudobulbs, large Just, bracts around the flowers on. and lying on your back. Come on. <laughs> uh, it is not unusual for this genus to produce, and here's Careful. a difficult word. <laughs> okay. K-E-I-K-E-S. K-E-I-K-E-S? Mm-hmm. Kikis. 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 Well, a kiki <laughs> is a plant produced asexually by an orchid. I, mm. Asexually. You know no, what that I, means. Yes, I understand what that means, David. So this this genus of orchid sometimes just says, I want a baby now. <sighs> and it makes a little orchid. And then it's just like, here's this here's this orchid. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I don't. It, it does plants it. are fascinating to me. Here's my I favorite. I don't get it. Here's my favorite section of this uh, uh, article. Potentially one of my favorite sections so far. This reminds me of the sort of like subjectivity of, do you remember when we were talking about the uh, politics of Sao 
Tomei and Prince of Bay. Mm-hmm. And there was the section of, that was like, it was like, this this place is great. And there totally <laughs> has never been any problem here. Also, there was a violent uprising. <laughs> you also, remember there's, that? Yes, I, yes, I do. <laughs> there's a section here called acceptance. Okay. That's the subject heading is acceptance. And it says, although the existence of the taxon Coilostylus is hard to deny, there remains some debate about its rank. Is this a genus, subgenus, section, or subsection? And I was like, I don't know Wikipedia. Why are you asking questions? Don't ask the question. I'm here to answer the question. Help me. Help me. So apparently, Coilostylus is, hey, it's hard to deny. But there remains some debate about its rank. You tell me. What are you? you is it a genus? A subgenus? Probably both. A Who's section, to say? A subse- <laughs> Wikipedia Should we was ask that to say. Coilostylus and see what it's, it says? That's my that's my biggest problem with this with this particular entry is like this is the first time that Wikipedia I, so you, I gazed into the void that is Wikipedia and Wikipedia gazed right right on back. Right on back. And I had to really <laughs> grapple with that this week. Wikipedia was like, look inside yourself. Maybe, hey, maybe you know the answer. Maybe you know. The answers about the genus have been inside you all along. You're a genus, Harry. <laughs> Get out of here. So I want to tell you a little bit about epidendrum, because there's not okay. much else to say about coilostylus. What was uh, epidendrum? Epidendrum was the super genus. Uh, that Coilostylus oh yeah, got kicked out of. Got kicked. That's exactly the verb I was going to use. Was it? Kicked out <laughs> Get of Get booted out of here. You can't be an epidendrum anymore. You could be your own genus, except are you? I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe you're a subgenius. Subge- I can't even. This <laughs> I'm a subgenius. <laughs> I, think, I think I just proved who's the subgenius. <laughs> With more than 1,500 species. Some authors describe Epidendrum as a mega genus. Oh, sweet. Uh, the genus from the Greek upon trees refers to its epiphytic growth habit. Okay. So it grows on a plant. Ah. It's a plant. Like moss. That grows on it. Hmm. Or mold. Hmm. Or. No. I don't think so. Oh, yes. <gasps> Entirely correct. And I apologize for shutting you down. I'm going to go ahead and take one of the jewels off of the crown of Schmatt and just wear it as a little brooch as on a my little lapel. little pendant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, mosses, liverworts, lichens, algaes, ferns, cacti, orchids. I yeah. love that it starts with moss and you are so quick, David. <laughs> To be like, that's wrong. I was so quick to poo-poo. You poo-pooed when you should have high-fived. The poo-poo was on me. When you should have woo-wooed. Woo-hooed. <laughs> when I, sh- I poo-pooed when I should have woo-hooed. <laughs> Woo-hoo, Liz is smart. <laughs> Thanks, David. They, uh, epid- epidendrums are native to the tropics and subtropical regions of the American continents. Love it. From North Carolina to Argentina. Okay, North Carolina is listen. not a tropic. It's listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's tropic David. or subtropical regions of the American continents from North Carolina to Argentina. But is yeah, okay, Argentina, sure. Yes and. But North Carolina? Can is that oh, a tropic? I do declare. It oh. is so so, uh, so there are some bonobos in my <laughs> Peach orchard. I don't know what I'm having. What's happening anymore? I liked it. I don't even care. I liked it. 
That's hilarious. There's Many some are... epidendrums up in here. There, I do declare. I do declare. There's some moss. These... What? <laughs> in the tropical New North Carolinian summer we're having here. <laughs> Many are grown in the Andes at altitudes between 1,000 and 3,000 meters. Okay. Their habitats huh. include humid jungles, dry tropical forests, sunny grassy slopes, cool cloud forests, and sandy barrier islands. What's a cloud forest? That's, that's exactly what it says, David. <laughs> cool. Hey, that's I a would cool cloud forest. That's a sweet cloud forest. I want to live in a cloud forest. I mean, that's and that's obviously like it's a mega genus. It's going to grow everywhere. It's got a bunch of species, and it's been around a long time. Carl Linnaeus named the genus in 1763. That's not as like far back as I thought. Really? Yeah. I don't. It's know. farther back than I would have thought. Hmm. Hmm. We're at a bit of an intellectual <laughs> impasse here. <laughs> uh, okay. Good job for Carl. Left. Good thing Who that's not that? a question. Yeah, well, sometimes when I think that I there will be a question based on it, I try to ask more questions on the upfront so that you have to repeat yourself. And, and it's it. hard. It's not an escape room. We're not like, like not everything's a hint. We got to just sort of take it as it comes. Well, that's... Or, or try that, to treat it as an escape room, I guess. Or I'm going to try to treat it as an escape room and remain incredibly competitive. All right, well, I'm ready to escape into you teaching me about your thing instead. <laughs> okay, can't That's wait. all I've got. That's all That's I've got. It? And I promise that I covered everything to give you some questions. I re- said some of them multiple times. and so- That's the worst part about Lord, editing these episodes us. is I'll go back and I'll listen to things and I'll be like, yeah. ah, she did say that. Dang. And I See, just wasn't, weren't paying no, no, no attention. It's at this point when I'm like, can you just go ahead and go back and repeat everything that you said? Because... <laughs> <No. laughs> Well, only time will tell, but I think you'll keep your crown. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, are you ready? I think yes, this is I'm ready. as cool, if not cooler, than our buddy Alicone, okay? How dare you? No, listen to me. Okay, how dare no. you, first of all, compare <laughs> anything to Alicone, and second of all, how dare you keep getting cool Wikipedia entries? I know. You're going to hate me. Truly, oh you're going to hate me for this one. Okay. Are you ready? I guess so. So this week, I am going to teach you a little bit about Amy Briggs. Okay. Okay? Do I, so do you want me to, can I guess anything about Amy yeah, Briggs? Yeah, you want to guess? Why not? It's the most, like, God lover, like, the most generic name other than like Amy James, Amy Johnson, Amy, Amy Briggs, Amy Smith. Amy Briggs is a, uh, based on the track record that we've been getting from the Wikipedia articles lately, is a uh, performer. Okay. It's, she's not. Dang. All right. Tell me about Amy Briggs. But I liked, I liked your guess. So she was born in 1962 and she is an American video game implementer. 
I love it. Oh, I wish she, I'd gotten to learn about Amy Briggs. She worked for Infocom. Great. In 1987. So Infocom is like this huge, older, like from like the 80s, like 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. And they did like the first text adventure interactive <gasps> computer games. I love those dang things. I know you do. Ah. It's amazing. So she uh, is from Minnesota originally. We can get over that. Hopefully she's a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, But she graduated with a BA in English and specialized in British literature. That's going to be helpful in video games. Exactly. So she first joined Infocom in 1985. She was a game tester. And then she was like working super hard and she learned the ZIL, ZIL programming language. And so then she was like, nope, I'm going to be an implementer. So what's an implementer? That was my exact next question. What's a video game implementer? So implementer was they like self-proclaimed themselves as implementer. They used shortened versions of imps. (laughs) So I know. Um, And they basically were the first creators or they were the, the group of creators that uh, did Infocom's first text adventure game, which was Zork. <gasps> I know I know about Zork. <laughs> I truthfully was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know about like Yeah. I don't um, know which I'm preferring. I like I'm jealous that you got to learn about Amy Briggs, but also I'm getting to learn about Amy Briggs and I didn't even have to learn about Amy Briggs. I know you didn't have to. <laughs> this is and great. it's just like not it's <sighs> She's so freaking cool. Um, but they also, it's kind of, it reminded me of like, I know you're going to say absolutely not. That's not at all what it is. But like, it reminded me, implementers reminded me a little bit of like the D&D like game masters okay. because they started inserting themselves into the games and they basically were like, oh, uh, there was a game beyond, beyond Zork that included a group of characters called implementers and they were minor deities who like were necessary to the plot. Okay, so first of all, like, that's super cool. Second of all, it's amazing. I still don't know what an implementer does. Well, an implementer is just like a video game per- who's like creating it. Oh, what? Yeah, they're creating it. They're, create- they're video game creators. Yes. But they just started calling themselves implementers. Exactly. Okay. Isn't that crazy? They were like, I don't want it. I'm not a video game they don't want to be called like creators, so instead they're implementers. Okay. They're video game input. Well, I don't want to be called a podcaster. I want to be called a audio. I want to be called a ear. No, I don't want to be called anything. <laughs> I, I want to be called an audio taxonomist, even though okay. that's not real. Okay. Audio okay. taxonomist. You got it. I hate it. Um, <laughs> so, Amy, I assume, and this is me literally assuming based off of nothing i read on wikipedia but i would think that there were not a lot of female video game implementers in the 80s i would join you in that assumption yeah so it's really cool because she created the intercom's only romance genre text adventure oh what was it uh I'm getting there, David. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She went a step further. She was like, not only am I going to create the only romance genre text adventure game, but I'm also going to only allow the gamer to be a female. Awesome. It's the only game ever for Intercom that- Had a female protagonist. Yeah, that had a female protagonist. Amazing. 
Isn't that fantastic? I mean, it also sucks, but it is amazing that it happened. Why it does sucks. it suck? It sucks that it was oh, the it only one. it was the only one. Yeah, yeah, totally. I hear you. I was like, excuse me, are we going to have a fight right now? <laughs> I was like, I can fight you. I will fight you. Uh, because women can't type, so obviously. <laughs> obviously, it was a terrible choice. So um, she explained her choice in making it just female. Um, based off of she and I quote, she said, C.S. Lewis said he had to write the Chronicles of Narnia because they were books he wanted to read and nobody else had written them yet. Plundered Hearts was a game that I wanted to play. Are you a female pirate? Isn't that the coolest? She's a female pirate. No, no. In Plundered Hearts, are you a female pirate? You are a female (gasps) pirate. Oh my God. God, that's okay. the game I want to play. Am I right? It oh just, my gosh. Oh, it's so cool. So I want to tell you a little bit about Plundered Hearts. So it came Wait, out. I have a question oh. of clarification before okay. we talk about Plundered Hearts. Go ahead. This In Plundered Hearts, this was Intercom's only game in which you are a female protagonist. Was Correct. that because in every other game you were a male protagonist? Or were there some instances where like you were just you, and if you were a man, you were a man, and if you were a woman, you were a woman? Or... Great question. Okay. So um, it said other lead characters, like other games for Infocom, other lead characters were either of unspecified gender, yeah. male, or they were allowed a choice of sex. So this cool, was the cool. game that you were not allowed a choice of sex. You just... This had a default female protagonist. Yep, default yeah. female protagonist. I love that. Isn't that cool? I would like to see more video games with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree that you like don't get to choose. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Um, she... Okay, so Plundered Hearts. Published for Infocom in 1987. It was released on, and this just got me, a Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. Atari 8-bit family, mm. Macintosh, uh-huh. IB, and IBM PC. So, and there's like a couple other ones in there, but they're all like the super clunky, you know, turn the knob to like play the game. Fascinating. <laughs> so, I like your read on video games. That's... I just think they're so cool. I mean, uh, we you were... You play in your video games. Beep, beep, boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. And then you just see like the text adventure come out. And yeah. then it's like, you are blah, blah, blah. Like Open oh. door. Open door. Look table. <laughs> Look table. Pick up cheese. Mm. And then the game's like, I don't know cheese. And you're like, mm-hmm. ah, dang it. <laughs> ah, you lost. So as we said, Plundered Hearts was Infocom's only romance genre game. And it's their 28th game. Wow. Okay. So many games. Well, so... yeah, you could do that with video games then because it was, you know, you had a lot fewer assets. You just had to come up with a story and yeah, gamify the story. And like, boom, there's yeah. the story. Done. Not just, so, not to diminish. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of games. <laughs> it's a, it is a lot of games. Plundered Hearts. We said you're a lead character. You're a young woman in the late 17th century who has received a letter Jean Lafond, the governor of the small West Indies island of St. Sinistra, says that the player's father has contracted a wasting tropical disease. Lafond suggests that his recovery would be greatly helped by the loving presence of his daughter. And sends his ship, the Lafond du to transport her. But the ship is attacked by pirates and the player's character is kidnapped. Eventually, the player's character finds that two men are striving for her affections, 
dashing pirate Nicholas Jameson and the conniving Jean Lafond. Well, that so guy's got good. a boat named after himself. That's who I'm going for. <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool, huh? Your father got a wasting disease. I know, he's what, wasting he away. moss in North Carolina? He got a <laughs> tropical wasting disease? He has a tropical wasting disease from his coleo stylus or I want to play that game. It Do sounds... you think I could still play that game? <sighs> Probably. It sounds so freaking cool. Okay, what's awesome about Infocom 2 is that they not only were like, hey, here's this game, but they also like included these things called feelies. So it was like gaming extra. I don't like it either, but (laughs) it's like gaming extras. You would like what it is. Okay. So you got like extra items to go along with the game. So included in Plundered Hearts feelies was this like velvet pouch that contained a banknote from St. Sinistra and then a letter from Jean LaFond reporting the illness of your father. I, I lied. I do like it. Isn't that cool? I like, like it a like lot. The extra things like they're like, oh no, open up the letter. And then you're like, Rrr. and I'm sure it didn't cost you another like extra 60 bucks to get the collector's edition. You just got feelies. You just got feelies. Isn't that crazy? Ah, it's just awesome. That's really it. That's all I have. I mean, we could talk about Zork. We could talk. Oh, I forgot to tell Was you. Is there not more about thing. Amy Briggs herself? I feel like I didn't learn a lot about Amy Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> just... As always, with every single like other entry i feel like there was just very little about her personal life yeah Yeah. so um she uh, she only published plundered hearts that was her only published text adventure but she did work on a writer and editor of a lot of other infocom projects she was on zorg zero she briefly led uh was the lead implementer on Millie Ways, the never-completed sequel to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Amazing. Crazy, right? And so Infocom was shut down in 1989. Womp womp. So she returned to Minnesota. She attended grad school and then earned a PhD in cognitive psychology. Yeah, she did. And then she went to work for 3M as a human factors engineer. That's so cool. She's got the coolest job titles. It's just crazy. Oh. Also. Oh. Oh. What? Wait. Go ahead. Before we get too far away from it, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure game, if it's the one I'm thinking of, is also a super bunch of, like, bull. There's a thing. (laughs) There's some stuff in it where, like, if you... Like, do a thing in the very beginning of the game, it automatically, like, you're going to lose no matter what, but you don't find out until, like, way, way later into the game. It's something about, like, if you open the fridge, there's, like, a moldy piece of toast that, like, gives you a disease that's going to kill you later in the game, but it doesn't, like, tell you that. And, like, if you don't know to do something in particular at that moment, then... You just lose. So. This is why I don't play those types of games. They're just, hard. They're hard I games. I I can't. I was never good at like the choose your own adventure books. Like I'm I'm not good at that. <laughs> it's too much responsibility. It is. So uh, what I would do is I read again, David. If I'm given an option between cheating and not cheating in gaming, I should say, I, I will cheat uh, almost every time. You're holding your thumb on the decision page and, and checking out each. <laughs> I legitimately am. Yeah. Because I'm a horrible human being, but whatever. Um, at one point in Amy Briggs's youth, she was a babysitter 
for Ron Gilbert, and he went on to actually design a pirate-themed adventure game, Monkey Island. (gasps) One also cool thing about Ron Gilbert is that he is a, a video game designer, programmer, producer... His games were generally focused on interactive storytelling. He is arguably best known for his work on several LucasArts adventure games, including Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island games. LucasArts, as in friggin' George Lucas. Yeah. As in Star Wars. As in Star Wars. Crazy. Yeah, Zork and Monkey Island are like super influential and outstanding in their field. And these are all like big, big names in video gaming. And I'm so jealous. But she was his baby. Like, she she was his babysitter. (laughs) Not him. (laughs) Like, isn't that crazy though? Oh, she wait, wasn't. Was, she didn't wait, baby. Wait, hold what? on a yeah, second. That's how I read it when you no, said it. No, that's how I'm now reading it. She was I his took babysitter. It as, I took it as Briggs babysat for like Ron Gilbert paid no. her to. Oh, jeez, Louise. She babysat so, a little Ron Gilbert, and Ron Gilbert said, "When I grow up, I want to make a video game." And she said, "Well, you should do something with pirates. Those are pretty dope." And he said, "Okay." Okay, Amy Briggs. I think then influenced Ron Gilbert. Basically, the mother of video games is what I'm hearing. She's right now. the mother of video games. So you can't oh take that from gosh. me. Oh my gosh! Except there probably is somebody who like is more Actually commonly is referred to as the mother of video games. <laughs> and, video games. Yeah. I don't care. It's Amy Briggs now. It's Amy Briggs now. Amy Sorry. Br- I ship Amy Briggs and Al Laconi. That's all. She's just so freaking cool. I just I'm amazed. I'm amazed at like programmers. I'm amazed. At Gre- Greg was trying to learn like Python and SQL and like all that like coding stuff it just fascinates me amy briggs amy briggs well i'm ready i'm excited for you to ask me questions because i think i was doing a good job of learning you probably are gonna beat i gotta give you some questions okay are you ready for him sure you think so (laughs) no all right let's find out (laughs) on this episode's Mm -hmm. here come the questions (sighs) That was was like, yeah, you got it. You knew. Yeah, I know exactly where you went. Cheers. Welcome to this, me, Arthur Greenleaf Holmes, until recently, anonymous poet. For those of you familiar with me, hello again. For those of you unfamiliar, who am I? Well, I guess I'm a poet. A lesser poet, and yes, I accept that. Perhaps that's because I like to make people laugh in my poetry, and I suppose that makes me a poet comedian. Why? Why would anyone become a poet-comedian? The simple answer is that I love both. My intention throughout this series is to introduce you not only to some of my own poems, but to marry them with the great works of the English language, writers that have influenced, delighted, and astounded me in some fashion. You can always find me on Facebook, and also on Instagram, and sometimes on Twitter, although I'm not very fond of Twitter. I don't do very well when I'm limited to a small number of characters. The... Stop it. I'm going to keep going. scaring me. (laughs) In the megagenus epidendrum... How many species are I there? I knew it. More than? I want to say 1,500. Is that your final answer? Shy Simonelli. Or is it 2,100? I think it's 1,500. Is it 1,800? 
It is in 1492. Yeah, it's 1500. It is 1500. Oh my God, I'm really excited. I can't believe I got one right. (laughs) You can't believe you got one right? Or you can't believe you got that one right? I think I should just get the crown. No. I pulled that out of my batootie. This is my crown for now. You hold on a second. I well, I'll make a miniature version. If you version. got that one, I think you're gonna be able to get these other two. I don't know, David. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> We're tired this week. I bought We're a house so and Lou works too much. <laughs> In what do, do. year was Coilostylus split off from Epidendrum? Two thousand and four. Is that your final answer? That is. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding with the trolley. All right, final question. Okay. Epidendrum is native to the American continents from where to where? Our favorite, North Carolina. Yep. To Argentina. North Carolina to Argentina, indeed. That's three out of three. Ding, 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 baby. Kiss those biceps. I that's where will. That's where your brain is. That's where my is. brains are. <laughs> it's in my big old it's arms. It's in my sweet biceps. Oh, congratulations, Holy Liz. crap. I had faith in you. I knew you could do it. I did not. I'm a very good teacher. You really are. <laughs> no, you really are. And I was doing my darndest. All right, I'm on the defensive now. All right. Dun, dun. Chica, chica. <laughs> that was Ferris Bueller. I don't know what. Well, what, what. wasn't that um, Sweet Smell of My Success? What? Is that a, dun, dun. Is that a TV show? Chica, chica. Wasn't it with Michael J. Fox? It was that movie. I have no idea. I think it was. Anyway, um, it'll probably be in corrections and apologies later, let's be honest. Okay, ready? What? was Intercom's first text adventure game. Their first one? Was was their first one Zork? That's correct. Oh, hooray. That seems wild. I wonder if, because I have, you know, Zork's in my head. I've definitely played it before. And I wonder if that's why it's influential is because it's a first and not because it's a good. I can't remember if Zork mm. is good or not or if it's they just They did three early. parts to it, so I assume so, it's okay. It must be okay. I don't. Well, that was then their again, first. They hit it out of the park with Zork. They, they also could say that about like Fast and Furious. It's like, well, they did seven, so That's true. You know what? <laughs> or whatever twenty. What are Paul, they on now? Paul Blart Mallcop got a sequel, so. <laughs> oh goodness, Paul Blart, so good. Um, okay, ready? Okay. Plundered Hearts was Infocom's what number game? Uh, going to my mind palace for a second, flipping through the pages. Mm-hmm. In the, How are they looking? Uh, black and white for some reason. What's wrong mm. with this place? Living color. Click. Oh, I turned the light on. That turned all the color on. Okay. Um, but oh, the pages are still black and white because it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a book. Um, wouldn't that be wild if books came in color? <laughs> was it twenty eighth? It was twenty eighth, David. Oh, Bravo. Oh. That reminded me of like a clown, like at a kid's thing when they're like flipping up the pages and it's in black and white and then they like hits it and then it's in color. Do you remember I have that? no idea what you're talking about. Cool. You need Let's go to the third question. Great. <laughs> what? Okay, this is kind of difficult. What 
feelies came with plundered hearts. I know what feelies came with plundered hearts. Okay. Because I want them. Okay. I wonder if you're going to dock me some points for not knowing the exact proper nouns, but I know what That's they okay. are. They That's are okay. velvet uh-huh. bag. Sure. Yep. That has in it a banknote uh-huh. from Saint Sauvignon, wherever you said. Uh-huh. And a letter from Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. And a letter from Jean Valjean. <laughs> That tells you that your dad has got a wasting sickness. That's your dad bad bad. That your That's dad wasted. Was that yeah, right? Was it the banknote and the letter? Yeah, the banknote and the letter. Hooray! And with a, in a velvet pouch. And I remembered that. I was like, because I think you said a velvet. And I was like, a velvet? A velvet? Oh, it's velvet. A, a velvet what? A velvet, a velvet reticule is what it says. A, it's an elegant velvet reticule i said bag you said pouch they said reticule well, yeah i left out reticule that tells you I... everything you need to know <laughs> well done david three so out it's... of three for you three out of three for me uh, it's on the shelf again you know what that means it's going back on the shelf i don't okay. know if that's fair i don't know if that's right but no, that's this fair. crown i'm getting little marks on my forehead from this crown anyway so i'm just gonna put it back up there was it like super heavy for you, David? It's just tight. My brain got so big because I learned so little. <laughs> but that's the end of it. That's it. That's we all did the, the darn thing. You, I learned. Did you learn? I learned. Excellent. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for Learn a Little. This is a stupid podcast for smart people. My name is David. I'm Liz. You can follow us on all the cool social media stuff. You can go to our website. We want to thank Dimly Wit and Background Joys for being our network sponsors. You can go to backgroundjoys.com to learn more about this program as well as other programs like Dress for the Podcast You Want, which Liz has been on an episode of and is about to be on another episode of. I think that will have come out before this episode, so go check it out. Holy mackerel, go back. There's so much wacky stuff going on. Rewind. If I could turn back time, if I could find a way. If I could find my way. What are we learning about next time, David? Wait, I think there's more I need to say. Well, come on, David. You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash backgroundjoys. Uh, thank you to all of you who are already our lovely and loyal patrons. We're cranking out a bunch of new content for you every month. You can get exclusive content there as well as ad-free episodes because ads stink. I don't care who hears it, even if it's the <laughs> ad people. Yeah. So we love you and we you support us and we just you're just the best. So that's all for this week, but let's talk about next week. <gasps> yeah. Next week, we're going to learn a little about contradiction. And the 1931 Guatemalan general election. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs> Don't miss out on that. Timely information. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Next time, see our contestants face off about the topics contradiction and the 1931 Guatemalan election. Make sure to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at background.joys. This has been another episode of Learn a Little. Hosted on dimlywit.com.